Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I've just got off the bus and I've heard quite possibly one of the best one-liners I've ever heard in my life. So there's a couple behind me having a bit of a heated discussion. And she's gone to him. Are you ready? You ready for this? I'd rather adjust to your absence than be continuously frustrated by your presence. <laughs> Oof. I felt that one. <laughs> I'd rather. So a couple's having a fight and she says, I'd rather adjust to your absence than be continually frustrated by your presence. Oh, wow. That's ah, a breakup line, man. Ah, that's man, pretty good. I'm here. But, but, man but, down. but, ah. but, um, but, hmm. Hmm. Yep, you should probably leave me. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. That's wow, and uh, obviously a uh, a literate gal. Coming up, we'll zoom in on Zoomers. What do they like? What do they eat? What do they wear? Zoomers, the next big buying block in America. Do you have to say it like that? Do I, 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 I don't know. I just did. Zoomers. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Hollywood's worried as hell about the youngsters, whatever you want to call them. Zoomers! Uh, all right, go ahead. Uh, they, they have very little interest in, in watching stuff. They would much rather play video games. The, the shift has been huge. Oh, so I thought you were going to say watching movies, but just watching anything? Oh, no, they, the, the numbers of them who are primarily interested in watching TV, videos, uh, movies, that sort of thing, is, is practically cut in half, and the number whose number one uh, entertainment is playing video games is about doubled in a single generation or so. Huh. Yeah, and, and you know, so Hollywood is, is highly concerned, which is part of the reason you see so many idiotic movies that are based on video games. Um, they're thinking that's the only way we're going to get the kids into the theaters, and getting the kids into the theaters is the movie business. Right. I mean, we'd all think we'd all like to think that it's about us and our demographic, our age group, whatever. No, it's about youngsters. Uh, I don't mean like eleven-year-olds, but young adults, teenagers, young adults. Yeah, if I was gonna, if I, I don't have this information because I'm not a weirdo who keeps it, but if I was going to look at a graph of. When I've seen movies, number of movies, I'll bet I've seen, I'll bet 90% of the movies I've seen in a theater in my life were under the age of 30. Yeah, it's if, if it's not that, it's close to that. Yeah, interesting. So uh, we'll we'll delve into that a little bit longer, uh, or later rather, and, and longer, um, including the plunging ratings for the Oscars. Uh, which gladdens my heart, honestly, uh, because I'm a bitter little man. So a couple of things uh, that all fit together. Brett Weinstein wrote a great piece. Do you remember Brett? He is the uh, the professor, the teacher who was run out of Evergreen State University with his wife for giving the slightest resistance to the Marxist Black Lives Matter uh, woke uh, critical race theory stuff. He's actually a very good writer and a very sane guy. He's a liberal, but he's a classical liberal. He thinks ideas should be able to stand on their own. You shouldn't silence people, and you certainly shouldn't judge them by their race. But he wrote a a piece recently entitled How Anarchists Captured Portland. And the long and short of it, because it is long and not short, is that, and, and I should be happier that we've been right all along, but his point is, long and short of it is, the city fathers, the city uh, power brokers, have given in to the anarchists. They're afraid of them. And every time the anarchists test the courage of the city, the city backs down. And he opens, the article opens, actually, with the, the tale of Petunia's Bakery in Portland. It, it could not be more wheat-free, woke, 
liberal Portlandia. I mean, just it is Portlandia, but like almost all businesses in Portland, it pleads with signs on the wall. It's don't hurt me wall. The, all businesses in Portland have this. They post the reasons the anarchists and demonstrators, the rioters, shouldn't hurt them. We are a small, women and locally owned business. We are struggling like so many of us in hard times. Please don't cause us any damage. And he goes through various businesses and various uh, pleadings. Wow. Please hurt somebody else and not us. Please. Cops don't show up anymore. They won't because the city fathers won't back them. They get beat down. They get pepper sprayed. They get hit with sticks. And they don't, and the, the rioters don't get uh, prosecuted. And, and so, um, they've taken over the city. And it's really a good piece. And we posted it, I think, at armstrongandgetty.com, uh, under hot links. If we ever say we posted an article, it's under hot links. At armstrongandgetty.com. So you have that. Uh, you have the head of the FBI who contradicted uh, his president, Joe Biden, Christopher Ray did, by saying, yeah, Antifa is absolutely uh, a, a group. It's a threat. It's dangerous. And it is not just an idea or whatever that awful waste of skin Gerald Nadler called it, a fantasy or something like that. Myth. Yeah, a myth. That's right. Uh, Ray said the FBI viewed the group as an ideology and a movement. He declined to call it an argue, an organization. Uh, but last week, that was during the Trump administration, but last week Ray was repeatedly grilled by Republicans during a House Intelligence Committee hearing. And while he ditched the ideology language in favor of just calling it a movement, he said he wouldn't call it an organization, but that didn't mean it wasn't dangerous. And he said... The FBI was investigating it and taking it seriously. Uh, we consider Antifa to be more of a movement. There are certain local and regional nodes, individuals who self-identify with Antifa, who commit violent attacks, citing that as their motivation, and we have a number of predicated investigations into such individuals. Antifa is a real thing. It's not a fiction, and it's a concern. And he talks about the training they've seen and the organization, that sort of thing. Um Anyway, so well, that's, that seems uh, like a pretty big deal that the FBI is actually talking about it as a real group. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It took long enough. But. And then a related story. Police declare unlawful assembly amid downtown Portland protest held after Derek Chauvin conviction. Now, this is Oregon Live, which is uh, the, uh, the the website of the Oregonian. It is uh, left of Valerie Jarrett. I mean, it's a left, 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 left. So calling it a... Uh, uh, protest is hilarious. It is a bunch of black-clad, masked, armed, Antifa, black bloc, Marxist types who are smashing windows, fighting cops, sucker-punching a, a sergeant off of his bike. Um, they're, they're, they're crazy people. They're crazy, dangerous people. So if you thought the whole... Uh, the, the verdict in the Chauvin case, well, all right, at least they kept things calm... It's like I said, the people, the real hardcore Marxist agitators tear down the system types. Um, they went at it in Portland because Portland has lost control. Final card in the deck I would like to deal this segment, all related. Florida, the Florida Senate passed an anti-riot law, and Ron DeSantis says he's ready to sign it. I know what you're thinking. Riots are already illegal. Here's what it says. The bill permits citizens to sue a local government if that government does not not stop a riot. We've been talking about this for the longest time, Jack. That makes sense. That makes perfectly good sense to me. 
I have a business. I pay taxes. There are there's a riot going on out front, and the and the and the, the 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 police force that I'm paying for didn't attempt to stop these people from destroying my business. That makes sense to me. At the orders of the city council or the mayor or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. The the cops say, sorry, you're on your own. We're not we're not responding to this. We were told not to. So the bill permits you to sue the local government uh, if it doesn't stop a riot. Defines riot as a violent public disturbance involving three or more people acting with common intent, resulting in injury to others, damage to property, or the imminent danger of injury or damage, adding that the bill, quote, creates a new second-degree felony called an aggravated riot, which occurs when the riot has more than 25 participants, causes great bodily harm, or more than $5,000 in property damage, uses or threatens to use a deadly weapon, or blocks roadways by force or threat of force. Said Ron DeSantis, who could well be the next president of the United States. I realize that's incredibly premature, but I said could. Quote, uh, this legislation strikes the appropriate balance of safeguarding every Floridian's constitutional right to peaceably assemble while ensuring that those who hide behind peaceable protests to cause violence in our community will be punished. Further, this legislation ensures that no community in the state engages in defunding of their police. Uh, and it goes on with some specificity about what rioting is and isn't. Um, and then uh, this is worth throwing in. Black Black Voters Matter co-founder and executive director Cliff Albright complained that the law was a reaction to America's youth expressing their feelings after the death of George Floyd, arguing, quote, and in response to that, for the state to say, we're going to criminalize your activity. We're going to criminalize your passion. We're going to criminalize your protest. That's what, that's not what democracy looks like. Can you believe anybody falls for that sort of argument? Hmm. They do. They do by the many thousands. But yeah, and I love the headline in uh, the USA Today. Speaking of uh, organizations that have gone off the edge, the USA Today's headline was, first came the protests. Then came the anti-protest laws. It's tough when you got the you know virtually yeah. the entire media lying to everybody. Yeah, it's tough. Which is why you should tell your friends, all of your friends, your relatives, your enemies, your coworkers, strangers on the street to listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's the only way to save America. Jack, back to you. Among things coming up, man regrets trying to pick up rattlesnake with barbecue tongs. Why? Seemed like a good idea at the time. What do Zoomers enjoy? What are they into? What do they spend their money on? They're the next big uh, market to capture of, of dollars that are going to buy your stuff. So we need to take a look at that. And also, I had another thing. I know I had three things, but I can only remember two of them. Why is that? Boy, those two sounded fabulous, though, Jack. What was the other I one? would stay tuned for those two. That third is just icing on the cake. <laughs> I'm going to find the third because I want to mention it. Oh, uh, we got a couple of texts yesterday when we were having the conversation about all the help wanted signs everywhere. What's up with that? Help wanted signs freaking everywhere. That's why we've got to throw out trillions of dollars because people are hurting. Yeah, fascinating topic that will be studied for centuries, I think, by economists. All that on the way. Man regrets trying to pick up a rattlesnake with barbecue tongs. We'll try to get to that story. 
Uh, also, more on, uh, I feel like the shooting yesterday started off hot. People were ready to, ready to jump on a new George Floyd story to cover. Because, man, wouldn't that be great for ratings? But uh, the video was just too clear-cut that the girl had a knife in her hand and was about to stab somebody when the police shot her. More on that later if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, David Leonhardt, who's one of the more respected voices about medicine, says it doesn't make sense to wear a mask outdoors almost always, so we can get to that later. Joe's been working that beat for a while. Heck yeah. I'm restrained. You notice how I'm restraining myself here. Okay. I know you have things you want to talk about. Zoomers! I have many comments, but I'm holding them back. What are Zoomers into? We'll get to that coming up in just a second. Please stop using that term. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday, late in the show, we talked about a couple of different studies that have uh, shown, for instance, one that if you force McDonald's to raise their wages, they pass 100% of that on to their customers. And that happens, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's believed to happen most of the time whenever you force somebody to raise wages. It either gets passed on to, uh, customers or, um, uh, well, yeah, the products just get more expensive. Sure. You know, the close relative of that is you raise taxes on a corporation, the customers and the labor pay those taxes. You're right. taxing customers and workers. Um, but, uh, the, the, the story was about why all the help wanted signs everywhere you go. There's a help wanted sign and, and somebody did the math on a whole bunch of different ways that you can get money from a whole bunch of different stimulus packages that have gone through, including another couple trillion dollars that are going to be going out the door under the guise of infrastructure. That could be money for you also or extending some of the programs that we already had. And it's just plain a fact that for a lot of people, they're making nearly as much as much or more by not working. Oh boy. And depending what on what could that cause? Let me think. And depending on your personality, you know, if you're making nearly as much not working, maybe you like laying around. Maybe you decide, you know what, I'm going to work on some skills to get a different better job or or whatever. Which you, would be admirable. Yeah. Yeah. Can't fault it. Um then we got a couple of texts in the uh, wake of that conversation. You were talking about people not going back to work. My brother works for a company in Rancho Cucamonga. They have office positions where they've had over 100 applicants, but only five showed up for the interview. And then when they hired a couple of people, they never showed up. And they need warehouse people. Same thing. They'll get tons and tons of applicants, but nobody will show up for the interview. And if they do hire anybody that showed up, the people never show up for work. Do they have to go through the process to keep their free money coming, but they don't actually want to work? Or are they so busy they can't? I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, I think that might be part of it. You have to prove you applied for certain jobs, although there are plenty of people on the left who are trying to uh, tear away any requirement to work or try to work or anything. Uh, If you are a go-getter, listen to this. I have two very young relatives that just went to work in the construction industry at Journeyman Wages. Neither has any experience. Journeyman Wages, you usually have to have a lot of experience in all kinds of training and whatnot. Both were asked if they would show up to work every day, and that was the only requirement for being hired. Wow. So if you... Uh... Every day? <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait a minute. Man, what about my spirit days? I don't what know about how... stress days? I don't know how prevalent that is, but that's a chance to turn your life around. You're going to get the on-the-job training at a decent wage. Get your foot in the door, and you couldn't before that. Boy, don't don't let that pass you by. And now, Zoomers, Joe. How much time have I got, Michael? Um, 
These days, as the oldest members of Generation Z are graduating into their 20s, there's a rush to understand the demographic that's about to attain a new level of purchasing power. In its annual survey of U.S. teens, the financial firm Piper Sandler offers some insights into the minds and wallets of the Zoomer population. Okay, Boomer. Because I guess they finished college on Zoom or something. Where do they eat? What do they wear? Who do they follow? The the Zoomer thing happened uh, before the Zoom era and the pandemic thing. They were Generation Z and just kind of the short attention span. They just kind of adapted the the Zoomer moniker. Huh. Does everything need a cute name? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, decades from now, people will assume it's because of the pandemic and the Zoom learning. But Um, Okay. Well, that makes more sense, though. Doesn't that make more sense to have a generation named for the the generation that went to school under Zoom for a year? Yeah, I makes suppose more so. sense to me. Sure, we'll have we to could get... just say young adults. Uh, that wouldn't be nearly as groovy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get to this when we come back. What shoes do they wear? What food do they eat? You might be surprised by one of these, and certainly if you run a business, you want to know what these people think because they got a lot of money, and and sixty percent of the money they're spending is their parents. So, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's worth knowing about. Uh, if you don't know about the shooting and the fallout and LeBron James's tweet that he has canceled and whatnot, we'll bring you up to speed on that also. And, and what the White House said, which they seem to be into inflaming passions rather than calming them. There are a list of folks who are guilty of that, in my opinion. We'll have that and much more for you. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Top U.S. military commanders warned that new threats facing the U.S. have them seriously worried for the first time that U.S. adversaries may consider using a nuclear weapon as the, quote, least bad option. The admiral in charge of America's nuclear arsenal says it's the first time in history the U.S. has had to deter two nuclear powers at the same time, Russia and China. I cannot deter with the leftovers of the Cold War forever into the future. That is a 70-era's weapon system that I'm going to have to employ against 2030-level threats. Mm. Well, that was an interesting little story yesterday out of Fox News with Jennifer Griffin there that uh, commanders said for the first time they're worried about some of our uh, enemies using nuclear weapons. Right, and that we have 1970s weapons moldering in silos or wherever. And How do we spend more than every other country in the world added together on uh, military, as we did for many years, and now we're more than every other country in the top ten, uh, and be that far behind? What were we spending our money on? I always worry about the way the money is spent at the than the than the Pentagon. Yeah, you know, it's uh, both things are true. It's a dangerous world. We need an enormous military. We need a powerful military, and beware the military-industrial complex. Oh. There's enormous profit to be made in uh, the war machine. Oh. It's been true. Uh, one of the things Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, fought against fiercely was war profiteering constantly. Mm. Uh, Zoomers, young people, and they're the oldest members of Generation Z graduating into their 20s. They're going to be a big buying block. And so this group that I've heard about for years, Piper Sandler, looked into the minds and wallets of the Zoomer population to figure out what do they eat, what do they wear, who do they follow. For starters, it found that Instagram might have a new teen problem on its hands. It's no longer the favorite social media platform among that age group. So in the same way that uh, Instagram's parent 
Facebook became really something for older people. Originally, it was for cool, young, hip people. Then it became something for your moms and grandmas. Yeah. And uh, and Instagram seems to be headed that direction, too. Snapchat and TikTok are the top two spots, while Instagram dropped many points from the previous year. And uh, I don't have an account for either one of those. I probably should get one if I want to know what's going on in the world. Boy, everything changes so swiftly. It I does. mean, I realize that's uh, Captain Obvious here uh, reporting for duty, but it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, that's a significant drop in a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can be the biggest thing in the world and practically have gone away in a span of a couple of years in the yeah. modern world. Yep. Among other consumer products Zoomers are into, Nike and Apple are clear favorites. Nike was the top clothing brand by 20 points. Nike was on top among the it youngsters. It doesn't bother you, Zoomers, with the China thing and the cotton thing and the slave camps thing. And the, no, no, That's no. got to be Nike's fear, right, that that catches hold? The top footwear brand by 44 percentage points. Got to admit, I see a lot of Nikes on the feet of young people. Mm. The top footwear by 44 points. Wow. I'm seeing them on the feet of me right now because, you know, well, I'm, I'm very young and vital. Uh, 88% of teens have an iPhone. I ought to post a video of me and my Nikes on TikTok. Right, holding on your iPhone. Do it on your iPhone. I, I am. 88% of teens own an iPhone. That's a pretty big win for Apple. Wow, I'd say. 90% expect an iPhone to be their next phone. So they're not going to change it anytime soon. Hmm. Amazon, meanwhile, was the top shopping website by four with by far with fifty six percent of the market voting at number one. Uh, food, uh, a high priority. Chick fil A, Starbucks, and Chipotle making the top three restaurants. Chick fil A, wow. nice. So glad to hear that. So I'm wonder. I'm I'm guessing that uh, this group is more apolitical with their buying. They're not. They don't care that Ch- that Chick fil A is Christian. They don't care that Nike is in bed with communists. They just don't care. We we like the sandwich and we like the clothes. Yeah, you know I don't want to think, think about to any, that other stuff. I don't want to leap to any conclusions because you know, in spite of my Nikes, I don't leap at anything these days. Uh, but those are a couple notably apolitical stances. Thank God, I love Chick Fil A so much. There's a Chick Fil A near our house. It, it, at lunchtime, the lines are so long, it's hard to get into the lows. I mean, it's and they're the most efficient, you know, drive-through place in the world. They they get the people in and out in an astounding amount of the time, uh, amount of time. But when there's you know 275 people waiting, even the hyper efficiency takes a little while. KFC introduced their new chicken sandwich, the pickles on it, to try to cut into that because mm-hmm. you got a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken here and a Chick Fil A with you know a line out the door. Sure. So obviously KFC introduces similar. So they've got the same chicken sandwich, only a bigger version. It's freaking good. Oh yeah, it's a good dang sandwich. Wait a minute, you tried now. it out. Yeah, I love Chick Fil A. I'm loyal to them, but like you say, I see that line. I see no line. Hello. On the other hand, going against what I just speculated, it says that young people are very socially conscious about what they buy, and nearly forty percent named racial equality and the environment as personal causes that they attach to their buying decisions. So, I don't right. know. They, they just do it with the, the, the ignorance of the, the brainwashed. Yeah, would, it, it could I be. Maybe, you know, and I'm guessing on all this, but maybe they, you know, they say they're really into it, but I'm still going to eat a Chick-fil-A sandwich and wear Nike shoes because that's what I like best. Yeah. I don't know. Well, of course, the Chick-fil-A thing, idiotic as it was, that was a, about gay marriage. Yeah. 
Um, and that's that's just such a settled case for youngsters that they probably don't even think about. I don't know. Well, yeah, and that was quite a few years ago, so that happened before you ever were paying any attention. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You have to remind yourself of that from time to time. Yep. Oh, I was, I was gratified, and you know, I, I should be happier when when the rest of the world comes around to our point of view. But there's uh, one of the big radio publications uh, put out an article the other day, and I just scanned it. I haven't read it yet, but. Um, for the longest time in the advertising world, everything's about 25 to 54 year olds. 25 to 54. You gotta get that. That's the demo. That's the hot demo. That's the big demo. And, and, and including to a large extent radio and, or at least big ad agencies that buy radio advertising. And we've been saying forever, wait a minute, the 55 to 70 year olds I know, they have plenty of money. They travel, they buy, they invest, they got cars, vacations, wine, clothes, shoes, everything, throwing around money like crazy. The idea that I'm desperate to get a 25-year-old's attention, but a 58-year-old can go to hell? I mean, that's stupid. It's suicidal. It, it doesn't recognize at all how young a 60-year-old is in, in modern America. And I'm glad to see some of the, the big agencies are starting to realize that. Yeah, it depends on the product, though. As I said earlier, I probably saw 90% of the movies I've seen in a theater before I was 30. Oh, absolutely true. And, uh, you know, yeah. might, might be the same of uh, 90% of the Coca-Colas I've, I've pur- uh, purchased and, and, and consumed in my life were probably before I was 30 also. Right. Now, if it's mass brand-building, loyalty-getting advertising... Which is, it's commodity advertising. It's spending a zillion dollars just throwing the Coke logo everywhere next to a polar bear or a puppy or whatever. Um, then that, I totally get that. That's a young person target right there, trying to build brand loyalty. But in terms of consumer goods and, and, you know, the things I rattled off, mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the 35 to 64 demo is incredibly lucrative and important, in my opinion. Yes, Sean. I, I, the the runway of how long they're going to be your customer, I think, factors in somehow, right? If I'm a company and sure. I'm spending $1,000 to attract a new com- uh, customer, if I can have a customer that is uh, possibly going to uh, frequent my establishment for 40 years or 20 years, I'd try to skew it towards the 40-year window. It's funny on, on different brands because, like, we all know soft drinks, for whatever reason, people pick a side. Same with beers. You either drink Bud Light or Coors Light, and you rarely cross. And For the some other reason, is just undrinkable. Uh, excuse me, Miller Light guy over here. Um, and uh, Coke and Pepsi the same way. Weird, you know. Yeah. So I can understand. But then on things like I couldn't tell you. I've probably purchased five washing machines, maybe in my life. <laughs> maybe not that more. Maybe four. I don't know what the brands were. I'm not loyal no. to any brand. I was just going to say, I think in the same way that 30 years ago, a person could expect in their career to have two employers and three jobs. And now it's 11 employers and 17 jobs. I think uh, brand loyalty in a lot of areas has declined as well. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of like electronic gear, no, I think it's still very high. You're a Samsung guy, you're an Apple person, whatever. But in terms, I think washers is a great, is a great example. I go, I look, I see what, what the price is, what's on sale, what the features are. I take a look at the reviews right. on the internet. I'm not going to, you know, square off and throw dogs with some guy in the Lowe's uh, aisle saying, you're an LG guy. I'm a Samsung guy. Bring it on. I'm a Whirlpool guy, says a well, big guy, and he punches us both. I was going to say Maytag and Kenmore because I support America, unlike you, but uh, yeah, wow, I don't. Hey, it doesn't, whoa, he, he, doesn't make uh, any difference to me, really. 
The Koreans are uh, our allies, have been for a number of decades there, Jack. I think it's important to support them as well. Uh, a lot more to come, including more of this study. I found it so interesting. Asking people various questions about uh, uh, COVID and science and all sorts of stuff, and then breaking down their answers by political affiliations. And just, it's, it's I think it's useful to know. You know, maybe you consider yourself on one side politically or whatever. I believe we're all uh, God's children because uh, I'm better than you. But uh, I, it's good to know why people have the attitudes they do and why they advocate the policies they do. They all see right, the Gandhi. world. They see the world <laughs> differently than you do. I tell you what. Here's a universal though. We all want to feel safe in our homes, and our our beloved sponsor, Simply Safe. They know maybe it's your French doors, you got a window downstairs or something that you realize is vulnerable. You don't have to worry about that anymore if, if you have a security system from Simply Safe. Yeah, this is a brand you might end up being loyal to. Simply Safe, when you realize how simple it is uh, and how safe you'll feel in a week, you could feel that safe. It's just easy. You go, you go to the website and press the home button on your Simply Safe keypad. Uh, and I'm sorry. You go to the website and you click around and you press the buttons to customize it to your house. And then they're going to send it to you in about seven days. It'll take 30 minutes to set up. Then you press your home button on your Simply Safe keypad and alarm on. Your, your home is protected and you're feeling safe already. That they've fast, won, that easy. Uh, oh, yeah. They've won all sorts of awards. It's a better system. I mean, it's simpler and it's less expensive and it's better. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system. You get a free security camera because you know us. 60-day risk-free trial. Nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I was trying to think, are there any other brands that I tend to be loyal to for nonsensical reasons other than back when I drank Coors Light and I... I if I'm going to drink a soda, it's Coke over Pepsi, but not for any good reason. Uh, I, I, shoe wear, no. I'll wear Nikes or Vans, which is whatever I like the looks of. And My last five sets of irons in golf have been the same brand. I won't mention it because you'll yell at me. They're Japanese. Um, <laughs> uh, another ally of ours, putting aside the unfortunate events of December 7th, 1941, they are our friends. The Japanese, but but, no, but like I'm think. I'm loyal to Apple, but that's not a nonsensical one. I really like my Apple products, so that's yeah, not too. a yeah. Um, I'm scanning my house I, in my mind. I wear my... Levi's almost entirely. That's I know more... you're a big Ford guy. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I you know I I love F-150s. If I'm going to buy a truck, I wouldn't even think about another one. But that's not to say there aren't oh, good sp- brands. I'm just an F-150 guy. Speaking of that, so we had to uh, a friend of ours is moving and they needed a big truck. So they they so we loaned them my wife's F-250 and to uh, pay us back for a couple of days of them using our truck. We're driving their Ford Mustang Shelby GT. Oh, good which trade. is bad rump, man. And uh so the kids enjoying that one? Oh my god. Picked up Sam from school in it yesterday. He was over the moon, but it was a little late. His friends didn't get to see him, most of his friends. So oh, dang it. So he's getting dropped off in it in school today. And he's so excited. It's so loud. It's a very cool though. That's a shame that other fellows that weren't around, because his generation knows it doesn't count being happy unless other people see exactly. you being happy. <laughs> exactly. you got to post it. Picture other, it didn't happen. Of course, if they don't see him, he can, yeah, he can take a picture of it and post it to his Instagram or his Snapchat. Maybe he has those. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, that's bad parenting. Well, you know, he's he huge on TikTok. Yeah, he could be an enormous TikTok star. <laughs> yeah, he's probably worth like $5.8 million. He's an enormous TikTok star. <laughs> 
You have no idea. He'll buy that car. He'll come. He'll say, I don't need a ride, Dad. I'll just take my Mustang. Uh, so this uh, fascinating study about uh, voters and what they think of the world. I want to hit a bunch of those stats for it. I thought it was mind-blowing and really revealing. Cool. That's all Hope. next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get this, you get this. If you don't, don't worry about it. But I saw this tweet. Maybe the real Super League was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Love that. I need more of that in my life. Hilarious. So I'm looking at this website, and it appears to be absolutely down the middle. They do not give a damn who they offend and who they uh, back up or, 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 you know, stroke their egos. It's about people's attitudes about various questions before mankind broken down on, on who, how you vote. On average, voters gave the correct answer to these questions 38% of the time, gave an incorrect answer 51% of the time, said they were unsure about 10% of the time. The... Uh, the the majority of voters gave the correct answer to only four of 21 questions. There are a lot of people who have no idea what they're talking about. Among questions in which the wrong answers accorded with partisan agendas, an average of 57% of answers were liberally misinformed, while 28 were conservatively misinformed, 28%. In other words, voters were twice as likely to believe certain progressive myths than conservative ones. I would suggest that's because practically the entirety of the media is reporting the progressive myths. Um, for all 10 of the questions in which the electorate was most deluded, the wrong answers they gave conferred with, uh, concurred rather with progressive narratives propagated by the media. All 10 in which the electorate was most deluded. However, the false answers they gave were often far removed from reality, not just slightly mistaken. For example, 66% of voters thought that doubling the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour per hour would raise the average income of families in poverty by 25% or more. The real figure is about 1%. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm going to, what time is it? Ah, man, I wish we had a little more time for this. Perhaps we can stretch over into hour three. We and have if you several miss it, more you hours can, of this. If you miss hour three, you can get it via podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com. On average, the rate at which voters gave false answers varied from 61% for Biden voters to 42% for Trump voters, although the Trump voters were very wrong about certain things. For instance, um, let's see, what percentage of American deaths were the COVID? The correct answer is about 10%. Uh, they asked you, is it uh, 1%, 10%, or 50%? 36% of Biden voters got it right. 27% of Trump voters. Trump voters tended to underestimate the COVID deaths. And yeah, I know reporting has been a little fishy at times. Let's just, let's not dwell on that. Uh, we hit this yesterday, but it's so revealing. In your estimate, what portion of people who catch COVID-19 and are aged 70 and above survive it? What percentages survive it over age 70? Is it about half, 75% or 95%? The correct answer is 95%. Um, only 15% of Biden voters got that right. Uh, 40% of Trump voters did. Um, but uh, just a huge swing and miss. And, of course, Biden you voters. would advocate different policies and have a different view of everything if you thought is much, much deadlier than it is. Right. In which of the following states do you think the greatest portion of the population died from COVID? 
Florida, New Jersey, or Texas? The correct answer, is I know, is New Jersey. Um, uh, New York and New Jersey. But uh, nonetheless, media outlets have showered praise on the governors of those states for handling the uh, pandemic, New York and New Jersey, while vilifying the governors of states with significantly better outcomes like Florida and Texas. Uh, the correct answer was given by about 40% of the voters, but only 27% of Biden voters. M- more than half of Trump voters knew the correct answer. Um, but most Biden voters thought Texas and Florida were by far worse than New York and New Jersey. That's interesting. Now, let's get into economics. Now, changing people's incomes. Do you think middle-income people in the U.S. have a higher or lower average standard of living than middle-income people in other wealthy nations like Britain, Canada, and Sweden? The correct answer is higher. We yeah. have a significantly yeah, higher yes. standard of living. Yeah, uh, by many different measures. Only 27% of Biden voters knew that. Wow. Barely a quarter. So three quarters of people who uh, on the left side of politics think all those countries have a higher standard of living than us. That's wild. Yeah. There was a popular New York Times video they mentioned that called the USA the world's poorest developed nation, even though it's not even close to true. Uh, We have more of this poll. Again, if you don't get next hour, you can get it via podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.